Hey, hello everybody. The podcast We've actually been away for a little while. Our apologies, but we're back now for I'm another the caramel apple for another episode of Enemies. Enemies. And it's your favorites, Jacob and Abby. We are here, it's me. but hey, that's my name. I'm so excited, Jacob. Do you know why I'm so excited? No, because there's somebody else here. It's not just you and me. It's usually just Abby and Jacob. But today there are two more, not one, but two more voices. What? It's almost as though we have our own friends oh today our on our friends. friends rewatch podcast. So as you know, this is a rewatch podcast for me. This is a hate watch podcast for Jacob, who does not enjoy the friends necessarily. I don't know yet. Yet. Okay. We're not going to get too far into it. Yeah. So we have two more guests, and what I love about our two guests is there is also a difference here. So uh, let me introduce first Emily. It's Emily. Hi. That's Emily. That's Emily right there. For Emily, this is also a rewatch because I know this because Emily and I watched all of Friends together, like, what, how many years ago? Like seven years ago? A long time ago. A while. At least seven years ago. But we loved it, yes? Yeah, Yes. Absolutely. Yes, and so we're kind of watching it maybe with a, uh, a fresh pair of eyes and yeah. maybe a different social context. So I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. We're also joined by Jason. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. I'm Jason. No, no, let's not confuse the Hello, male voice. Hello, I'm Jason. This is what Jason's There's a Jason like. and a Jacob. Everybody knows the Jacob. Jason is a new character on this, on this venture. Again, these are guest stars. They're not going to be here every week, but we hope to have them back. So, Jason, what's interesting about you, What? how often have you watched Friends in your life? Today is the first day I've watched a full episode of Friends from start to finish. Oh Emily's shocked. What? It's been Emily. on at, like, the bar as I walked in or someone else was watching it as I walked through the room, but I have never myself wow. watched a full episode of Friends until today. I am obsessed. I am fascinated. I don't know what this is. I'm obsessed. Yes. And by the way, if you do not know, we're doing this in order. So this is the one with the blackout. And what I'm curious to know right off the bat, before we go any further, Jason, do you know that the basic format, premise, characters, do you know any of that kind of background stuff? Uh, Not formally, but it's, it's, it's not that complicated. Well, if someone said Ross and Rachel... Is it like uh, that, Star- that Star Trek episode uh, where they just reference two characters and you automatically know? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, 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 from the wider cultural context, I know that reference. Okay. All right. Um, well, shall we get into it? I, I guess we can. I was, yeah, I was kind of hoping for... Do you for have a- any other plans? <laughs> no, here? it's all good. Let's, it's all good. Let's speed it up, people. I got a quota to me here. A quota, a quota of episodes? I got work podcasts. Okay. Okay, so we've been, you guys don't know, we've been tracking the cold open a little bit because we've noticed that the cold open, at least thus far, is always in the coffee shop. Except for once. Yes. And so I would say it's so cold open. We're in the coffee shop. Yes. For once. And and Phoebe's Phoebe's playing music. Phoebe's playing music. Yes. And those of us for whom it is a rewatch, we know that Phoebe does this. Phoebe does this. But you guys who have not watched it before maybe don't know that Phoebe is a musician. Phoebe music person. Sure. Yes, she's um, one of those um, tragic musician friends that is always playing a quote-unquote gig, and you always have to quote-unquote show up and quote-unquote enjoy it. And quote-unquote love certain parts of it. Yes. So she begins and she says, uh, here's a song what life is really all about. And then she plays one chord. 
and then the lights go out and she goes thank you and i giggled at that i love that that's like performance art <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. i was gonna say i feel like that's a metaphor yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. but there was a little part of me who was like is this the first time we hear smelly cat <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like that's a lot later isn't yes it? yeah I, i've heard vague tell of something a smelly cat but there is a cat in this episode spoilers but i assume that cat is not smelly or maybe it is. Again, I was kind of waiting to see if maybe this was the impetus. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Spoiler alert. Let's, uh, let's dial it back. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this actually cuts kind of the cold open in half. So before the theme song, we also see that Chandler is stuck in an ACM vestibule. Now, I have a question. Please. Now, uh, if you're listening in the year 2021... I've never once seen an ATM building <laughs> that is dedicated to ATM. That wasn't a building dedicated to, to, to the ATM. Was it just a bank? It was part of a bank. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a lobby. It's a vestibule. It's it's a lobby before you get to, into the lobby proper. It's. But it it was a thing in the nineties. Jacob's not wrong. It's a thing in the nineties in cities. It's that, not a thing in the nineties. It's just the way buildings are. Some buildings are built. But I'm sorry, he gets locked in there because the power goes out. Is that a thing now? If you're in a vestibule and the power goes out, are you locked in is there? there? I've if there's never, like electric doors. Do you there are electric doors that will lock automatically. But I've never been to New York City. I don't know. Sandoval is a city thing or a nineties thing. But I agree, it was unfamiliar to me as well. Yeah. In a general sense. Yeah, I was like... Well, it's, like the, it's like a little breezeway when you go into uh, Schnooks or Kroger. It's... Oh, that... Where yeah. the carts are. Yeah. It's just another... I'm, I'm even going to cart you like on that. that one. I haven't done a deep dive, but I feel like the vestibules themselves are freestanding. This is actually part that of... That would be a kiosk, wouldn't it? Well, this was like actually... A this was in... There's a movie and book called The Dinner. I want to say it's called The Dinner. And the plot of it is that this, uh, these couples get together for dinner and they're trying to figure out what to do about their kids. It turns out one of their kids has murdered a homeless person in, a vest- in an ATM vestibule. Oh my but this right? is where people go in to get warm when it's cold because it is a self-standing little building dedicated just to an ATM. And there's no other building. There's no building security. There's no offices. This is a place where homeless people will go in. And that these kids went in and harassed this homeless person and eventually set them on fire and murdered them. And it was all on the ATM cameras. This is not part of the Friends episode. This is a completely different thing. This is another way the episode could have gone. So like tuned out listening to this and like just tuned back but in. What happened on Friends? I will say that that whole thing in, in the, the vestibule atrium, if you will, uh, the the the, the uh, inner workings of Chandler's mind that 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 self that his thoughts sounded like it was being recorded in a shed. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed so cheaply done and so poorly done. It sounded like it sounded terrible. I always imagine as they were filming it, as soon as they finished the scene, they're like, "Okay, uh, come on, you're gonna film your audio," and they just pan him a microphone and he stood there and said it, and then jumped back onto the set and they did the acting part. I feel like. There wasn't a whole lot involved in that. It was the 90s. They barely had, a, like, a... They it's barely also, had cameras back there. Yeah, it's also, like, the kind of... It's, like, only the first season still, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, so they probably so. don't have, like, as much budget as they will later. Yeah, like, it's not a big that's, show. That's a, that's a fair point. Yes. So now, uh, so as the theme song, of course, did you enjoy the theme song, Jason? As uh, I've was... always hated that song. <laughs> 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 and it brings us so much joy. Okay, right that's now, awesome. everyone clap. 
Okay. <laughs> and the, in addition to that, I, 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 I went into this. I, I went into this knowing that this show has a laugh track, and I, I fucking hate a laugh track. Oh dear. Uh, laugh track is just. Don't tell me where to laugh. Yeah. And, yeah. and like. I agree, actually. I watched this entire, what was that, 22-minute episode? Yeah. I didn't laugh once. I didn't crack a smile once. You don't know this about our podcast, but Jacob and I track Jacob's laughs. And right now we have one half. One half of a laugh. So let's also track uh, Jason's. So yours is going to be zero. Uh, probably somewhere in the negatives, because I'm annoyed <laughs> by, by the presence of a laugh track. I, I feel like more this is more of a hate watch for Jason than it is for Jacob. I, like we really brought in and um, well, I was I was asked to, to go into this with with with, a, with an open mind, and I did. And the yes. first thing that I presented with is a freaking laugh track. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Well, already is starting off poorly. Already starting off in the red. Okay. <laughs> so as oh, we start oh. off in the red, we have our very first scene. We are there is a blackout. Everything's yeah. gone blacked out. There's no electricity. Somehow the gang. Proper has made it back to the apartment. Sans Chandler. Chandler, who is in the vestibule with... Uh, Atrium, if you will. <laughs> yes. And I'm just reminded, I think, as we all probably were, that there is no internet during this time. No. What, what was right. the, the, the exact time period for this show? Uh, when did it run? 90... I'm going to say 98 into the 2000s until it was over. So it's a late 90s, early 2000s show. Because okay, I noticed that the, 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 the gal in the, the, the vestibule had a cell phone. Right. It was obviously on a smartphone, but it wasn't one of those giant bag phones. Bag phones, yes. Something that you the texting may have first appeared upon. So it's hard to, to, to exactly pin down what time period... But okay, that sounds about right. Late nineties. Yeah, yeah. So there's no internet, but there is there's cell t- there's cell towers, yeah. and maybe the universities and businesses are starting to share computer data. But that's about it. So they're just kind of stuck in the dark with each other, and that's about it. So that's yeah, that's the setup. I did notice. I don't know, Emily, if maybe you noticed this. There were a lot of fun mugs. In the background? I didn't notice. Oh, no. I'm absolutely devastated. There's a smiley face mug, and there's also oh, a, yeah. a Halloween-themed <gasps> mummy mug. Oh, I yeah, actually those. did. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that I didn't realize that they were mugs. I was just like, oh. Is, this the, is this the coffee shop or the apartment? The apartment. It's a well-decorated uh, de- apartment. I can definitely say that. It looks pretty comfortable. I've got to like, say, I, I, I like the open floor plan. I know that in my generation at the time, we were very angry about this apartment because none of us could afford such an apartment. It was unrealistic. And oh, that's like, nowadays that's like $9,000 a month. Yes. It would be, it would be absurd. Those, you can't work at a coffee shop and work in an apartment like that, but neither here nor there. 50 other people. Yes. Uh, so, um, Oh, Phoebe wants to use the phone at the apartment, and she says uh, to Monica, what's my phone number? And I thought that was really endearing, because I do that all the time. Yeah, I don't call myself. And that's what she says, I don't call myself, and it's supposed to be one of those kooky things that's about Phoebe. By the way. Oh. Because relatable. Relatable? No laugh from you, Jason? I did not laugh. (laughs) Okay. My phone number is, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even dock myself. Well, in in this day and age, it's kind of, for me, it's gone around the other way. No, I did not know my phone number for the longest time. But anytime you want to do anything on the internet, you've got to put in your your phone number. Mm -hmm. Every time you get something from Consume or anytime you want to unlock your your, 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 your YouTube, or not YouTube, but uh, Yahoo account. Right. 
wants a, to send you a code. Yes, yes. So, that is true. So I've had to relearn my phone number, but that's a fairly recent development. I mean, there used to be a song on Sesame Street that would that would help you out. It's like uh, five two nine three six four three. That is Abby's number. That's, you, you just totally stole it from Quattro's. Well, it was, that's the Quattro's song. Well, it was called the, five four nine five three two six. Quattro's Deep Pan Pizza. But there was also a Sesame Ooh, Street song. Francis McDermott sang it with Snuffleupagus in a video that I watched 8,000 times, and it was very of a very similar song. Maybe they ripped off the Quattro's theme song. Maybe Francis McDermott and Snuffleupagus ripped off the Francis McDermott theme hey, song. Or the Quattro's theme song. Don't drag Snuffleupagus' name through the mud. Snuffleupagus. Just think of the damage you're doing to the community. <laughs> the Snuffleupagus community. Okay, uh, so we're back with Chandler and uh, a young woman we learn is Jill Goodacre. Right, the uh, the Vietnam or, uh, Vietnam, the Victoria's Secret uh, model. <laughs> the it's the Vietnam model. Yes. Not going near that one. Uh, but this is what actually where, where it's kind of funny because Chandler's got that uh, internal dialogue going on. And he starts questioning the term vestibule, which I had been doing since I put it in my notes in the first scene. I'm like, vestibule? Is that right? We were like, atrium? Building? I don't know. I think that Chandler is so relatable during all of those scenes. I feel like that's the kind of the kinds of things that are like going through my head constantly like not in that situation but like you know in that, when you get trapped in, in a vestibule <laughs> yes because when you say a word immediately you're like was that the right word to say yep. should i use a different <laughs> word why what am i saying why am i saying that i love the part where he said gum is gum would be perfection and then he's like gum would be perfection <laughs> And I was actually going to ask Jason about that. Do you have, like, an internal dialogue that's like that, where you, like, think about what you said or think about what you're going to say next? Uh, no, no, not really. <laughs> oh, my God. Lucky. So odd. Not, not, not really. Uh, and it had, had it been me trapped in the, the atrium there, vestibule, if you will, <laughs> uh, with, with, the, with the model, she'd be wanting to get married by the time we, we left. You, but you know me. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, I that, do. The, the world loves me. <laughs> oh oh yes and he uh he, he tells himself that he's some guy i'm some guy some guy which reminds me of some pig from <laughs> that's all i got there uh so then we were, we're back in the apartment and joey arrives carrying a celebratory menorah yeah it's really quite a menorah like it's, it's a, like a lot it's a lot of menorah felt a little inappropriate but i guess uh they call him Rabbi Tribbiani. I'll, I'll I don't allow. think you can get more uh, cultural appropriation than that. And the weird thing is, it's been already been established that Monica and Ross are Jewish. I was, yeah, I, I was know. thinking that too. And he's like, oh, Chandler's old roommate was Jewish and he left this here. I'm like, why wouldn't it just be in Monica and Ross's apartment? Are like, you supposed to take other people's menorahs? Why would you leave Just a menorah leave it behind? There. It's kind of a big deal. Why would you leave a menorah behind? But then why would you uh, would, would you be able to... If, if I were a Jewish person moving into a house and there was a menorah there, 
I don't know. Can okay. I keep that, or am I obligated to find the owner and return it? Is it like a family Bible? Is it only to be used by the people who own like an it? Heirloom or and we're not being jerks. We just generally don't know. I don't, don't know. I don't we know were, what the. And we were in Nyer Van Frank, so. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you you know a little to her thing. We have acted in a play about Jewish people, therefore we know their struggles. Therefore you are Jewish. <laughs> Uh, they all get very excited because ugly naked guy, who is a recurring character we never ugly see. Ugly naked guy. Jason, who has not watched the show really before. They are always looking and spying on him and talking about what he's doing. And they're always excited to see. So today, ugly naked guy has candles. And then they all do a reaction shot. I assume his butt here, hair is on fire. That's See, I assume that he got candle wax in his pubes. What did other people think? about that reaction shot. What do you think it was? I thought that it was something to do with him being naked. I, that was I, a good catch. I didn't catch. know exactly what. <laughs> yeah, I assume he, he like bent over. Yeah. See, that's another like viewer that. difference. When there's a reaction shot and an inference, do you imagine the whole thing or you just appreciate the writing in that moment? I, 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 I imagine I did, Oh, okay. Honestly, I just appreciate like, it's kind of funny that we don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that makes it funnier to not yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we are back with Chandler. Uh, he's having all this internal dialogue, and I just wrote, she has a cell phone. Because I honestly I wasn't sure when those came into vogue, and I wonder if this is a characterization. Mm. Like, because she's a very, supposedly a very successful supermodel, she has a cell phone. Oh, my God, she must be oh, so... Oh, so like it's, it's a special thing for rich and famous people, not just... Yeah. Joe nobody on the street. Yeah, and Chandler says at the end, like, oh, thanks for letting me use your phone. Yeah, yes. he obviously doesn't have a phone. Yeah. Yes, and uh, she has, would you like to call somebody? And he says, yes. Like, well, that was cool. That was a cool move on her part. It was, it yeah. was. It was funny. I remembered, uh, I have it in my notes, in Halloween of 2003, I was um, I was a mother and I had young children at home and I was very. You've never been a mother before. Well, she I was, was for Halloween in two thousand three. Uh, <laughs> not pay attention. Oh, oh, she dressed as a mother. Okay. Keep up, keep up. So yes, I I was young, but I was also I a mother. A child actor. And I was I had not been out in a very long time, but I had a cell phone because I was like mildly middle class. So I went out with these younger people. <coughs> And I totally pulled a Rami and Michelle in the middle of the night. I was like, if anyone needs to make a call, I have a phone. And they all look at me like, we don't really know if there's, we don't really need to call anybody, but thank you. And it was very, very embarrassing. I thought if they'd be impressed. If you need to call anybody, wink, <laughs> wink, I have a phone. Also, um, this is random, but when she was talking on the phone, was anybody else feeling like that was a giant... Um, with who? When when the when the Monica model or, yes oh oh the, the model when when she was talking on the phone I felt like there was a giant non sequitur. This actually I wrote it down. Quote: Dexter is a dog. It's a blackout. You'd pee in dance shoes too if you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I felt that was going to turn into something. It never did, and no, it was it never really did. weird. I thought it I was... kind of in the moment I thought, oh, I guess your mom's watching her dog for her for a while. Yeah. Why else would her mother call? To be freaking out, your your goddamn dog's pissing in your father's shoe. Come get your dog. <laughs> no, it's you'd pee in dance shoes too if you didn't know what was going on. Actually, I imagined at that moment Dexter the dog wearing dance shoes and. and oh, I thought she said dad's. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought she said dad's. I heard dance shoes. So she lives with her parents and her dog, and her dog pees on her dad's shoes. Again, though, again, though, I, I kind of got inferred from that that they were watching her yeah. dog for a while. Why yeah. else? 
That's a lot of information to know about like a character it, who... Well, like, okay. this is only like, our second line in the okay, entire okay. episode. Okay, wait, hang on. If, we, we, have, we, have, we have two shit rats. Yeah. The, the rest of the world calls cats. Yeah, yes, yes. When, 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 when Millie sneezes, everyone's just like, uh, whatever. Because we live with the cat and we're used to it. If we had said, hey, um, uh, Andy and Beth, your, your parents, would you watch the cat for us for the weekend? And we brought it over there. And Millie starts having one of her fits where she's like, psh, psh, psh. they'd freak out. They'd call me like, your cat is spraying snot everywhere. Well, yes, I understand this potential circumstance in the lives of people. What I don't understand is why the writers on the show had a character we're never going to see again, have an entire backstory where she lives with her parents and a dog named Dexter that pisses either her dad's shoes or her dad's shoes. This is a 22-minute episode, and they've dedicated at least a minute and a half to this subplot where her dog is freaking out during a blackout. No. Was this necessary is all I am saying. I it was confusing course. as viewer. It was so I th- necessary. I think what happened there was that they needed a reason for her to be talking on the phone. Uh, they wrote this this quick these quick lines about the dog pissing and we It was be, better than nothing. And We're we overanalyzing be, it. We being the intelligentsia yeah. that we are have Brilliantly inferred from that. Well, I'm that not going to take any of this personally. I just care about the integrity of the you writing. You should take it personally. And I apparently nobody else does. But well, and, and you make a good point so considering this noted. character. So noted. You make a good point because at the end, this character walks away and doesn't even exchange phone numbers with Chandler. Nothing. Nothing. She'll never be seen again. She could have been saying, "Oh, thank you for picking up my dry cleaning assistant. I will see you in the morning." It didn't have to be this weird and like okay. It didn't have to be your parents. It, it didn't have to be so complicated. That's all. So uh, Chandler calls the apartment. That's who he decides to call with her fancy schmancy cell phone. Oh, this part was annoying. No. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so he's trying to tell them what's going on without her understanding? I guess. Which, like, I would notice. I, I would be able to understand. <laughs> I'd be kind of insulted. Be You'd like, notice yeah. what I was saying? I'm going to podcast with Emily right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> like... Why, A, why are you talking like that? B, I can understand you. By the way, you yeah. could just say, I'm trapped in a, uh, like, ATM vestibule with Schmigger, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not a weird thing. Jill Goodlace, or whatever her Jill name was. Jill Good- Goodman. <laughs> Goodyear. So, they don't understand what he's saying. He gives, Joey gets the phone. He understands perfectly. That's, I laughed at that. That was funny. Okay. So, Jacob, second big laugh. And then... Joey see, tries to talk back to him in this language. And Chandler totally gets it. Yeah, and I have no idea what he said. Yeah, so you think I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> so I don't know, does it work? Like, I'm stuck in a vestibule. Yeah, like, I did that. You understood it. You wouldn't not understand it. Like, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away and you try to do that again. Okay, okay, you walk. Okay, so she Jacob's walking that. as far away as she was in the vestibule. And I'm just going to say something random, okay? See if you can understand, like... These monkeys have fleas. These monkeys have potatoes? Fleas, see? These monkeys have potatoes? Have fleas. These monkeys have fleas. That's, yeah, that's close close enough that somebody's gonna, that she should have been able to... She's at least going to notice that he's doing something weird. Jason (laughs) is creating an entire card game from a random card he has. I'm just fiddling with stuff. Keep keep going. Okay. Okay, so now we are back uh, in the apartment, and I, I, I first thought that they were talking about where they lost their virginity. But it is not. It is the weirdest places they've ever had sex. So, um, 
uh, Joey reveals that his weirdness was in the library, to which he's replied to, uh, what were you doing in the library? I laughed at that. <laughs> okay, that's another oh, that was a That was a fairly decent burn. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I didn't... I didn't laugh at it. It wasn't funny enough to be funny, but it was a good burn. It was a solid burn. I will say that as somebody who has been a librarian and knows other librarians, people having sex in the library is a constant problem. (laughs) That and people pooping and peeing in the library. If you poop and pee and and have sex in the library, you're using the library wrong. That's my PSA. No, no, maybe you're using the library right and everybody else is Hey, if you're homeless, that's the only place to poop and pee. And have sex. And have sex. (laughs) Uh, so, where is Phoebe's uh, weirdest place she's ever had Where's sex? Where's Phoebe? Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Milwaukee like, is weird. <laughs> she's like, what? It's a really weird place. <laughs> oh, my uh, goodness. And then where has Ross had sex that was the weirdest? Where has he? Come on, guys. You watch Disneyland. I- Disneyland. I'm a small world after all. And then um, Rachel really thinks about this really hard. And what does she come up with? The foot of the bed. I know. Shut up. Sit down. Go back to bed. <laughs> what do you do with the foot of the bed? You gotta be kidding. Me. And I think that she feels like maybe she's missing out on something because she's been looking. If she's only if, that, if that's the weirdest place she is, she's, she's missing out on a lot. <laughs> See, I don't think that the placement of the sex really makes it different in any significant way. My mother used to say to me, she goes, Abigail, your father always said, a piece in a new place is like a whole new piece. And I always thought she meant P-E-A-C-E, like piece. It works both ways, actually. But later, she's like, oh no, he meant like a piece of ass. Like uh, having a piece in a new place is like a whole new piece. Like a hotel room. I love that that she refers to it as a piece. (laughs) (laughs) The same way she refers to marijuana as dope. Yes, my mother and I recently went to upstate New York where it was it was legal but not available, and she kept asking all her friends, "Do you know where to get any dope? Abigail needs dope. She has brought me her on an aeroplane, and there wasn't any dope for her to have, and she needs it for her anxiety. She's desperately crazy. They should be given a dope on the airplane. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, oh, this is just a plug for Twilight Zone. If you watch the William Shatner episode where uh, the the terror at 80,000 feet or whatever it is. Oh, is, there's somebody on the wing. Yes. At some point, they take pity on him and they give him drugs. They're like, well, the captain said to give you some of these. And it's a big handful of pills. I'm like, is that what, what you get for acting out on an airplane <laughs> in the 60s? Oh, Everything was different. Like, yeah, I guess so. You don't get duct taped to your seat back then. You just get no, drugs. No, you get beaten up by the air marshal. <laughs> Here, have a Xanax and shut the, shut the hell up. Hey, Emily. Take a Xanax. Calm down. Take a Xanax. Real Housewives fans, Real you're Housewives. welcome. That's me. Uh. I, hey, I'm one of those. Okay, so I, I, I code these by scenes. We are now at scene five. There are uh, 16 and a finale scene. So okay, and how many letting you know where we how, are. How many minutes are we in? Uh, 26 minutes. Oh, this is going to be a long one. Yeah, okay. so we're at number five. Uh, they're at the apartment, the group of them, and they're eating out of the fridge because the power's gone out, obviously. And they, they want to eat some of that. And so Ross and Rachel are bonding, and uh, she's impressed with his prowess, having prowess. the Disney experience. Having the Disney. She's apparently never had any real raw passion, and he's like, he's doing things like, I think someday you're going to feel real passion. And he meets him, but... Uh, she doesn't get it. Get it. 
But Joey gets it. He looks up and he's like, never going to happen, man. And then I say, I wrote, what is Joey doing with that candle? <laughs> yeah, what is, he, what is he doing there? Well, I was just, just wondering about that. He's just playing with the, with the, with the, the, the melted wax. See, and that's why I said, is this what we did before phones? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm just, I have nothing else to do. I will just drip this hot candle wax into a pile. Yes, that is exactly I what... Thought I thought that he had another candle and he was trying to light it with. Now he just candle. had a candle holder. But I but I guess yeah I guess he wasn't doing anything. Just took the lit candle out of the candle holder. He almost looks like a little imp or a little like fairy tale character. Like it's never gonna happen. Not without your magic spell. <laughs> You're gonna have to pay You'll the troll never. toll to get into this boy's soul. You'll never do it without your magical boots that you have to get before midnight. And then they talk about the worst possible thing ever, which is the dreaded friend zone. Not the friend zone. I am sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I heard something about how that's a really toxic thing to say nowadays. I have a rant. Is it so terrible to have to be friends with a woman? I'm so sorry. Unequivocally, yes, it is. You have to listen to us talk and not put your penis in us. That must be so... What evil woman would ever be your friend and not just make herself wholly available for sex? I have, I have, I have two things to say. You have the floor, I'll be quiet. <laughs> the first thing is that I have heard, but I don't know if this is true, that the concept of the friend zone came from this episode. What? It, I don't know if that's true. I've We're just too lazy that. to do research, guys. So, yeah. so I'm not going to give up. this television show the credit for the, the term friend zone. That's not happening. My goodness, I really feel like Jason should be a regular part of Enemies because he yeah. really seems to understand the concept. I, I um, when I watch Friends, that's I go into the friend zone. <laughs> <laughs> Friends zone. Oh, oh no. Boom. Well, oh, man. Emily, why do you have to say that? Well, we was, gotta change it. We gotta start a whole new podcast. I will give myself credit though for in my notes, and Emily can confirm this. I have friend zone in quotes, and then rant with triple underline. Like, okay, rant. Make sure you say something here. And then she uh, she tussles his hair, and I only wrote that down because I wrote tussle. tussle. And then three minutes later, Joey used that same word. I thought that that was like, um, okay, this whole vestibule tussle thing. Like, I feel like our, our vocabularies are on point. Um, excuse, excuse me. Yes. I have a rant. Yes. So my favorite cereal at Schnucks. Um, okay. My favorite, I have to buy rice checks, like a buffoon street urchin, instead of the best cereal ever, which is rice squares. Right. Like, I can't, now the thing about when you're making rice squares... Um, which rice checks stole. Um, you need to. You can't just eat them dry. You gotta get them soggy. Okay. You just dip them under the uh, the water, and they're nice and crunchy, and they're amazing. And I, it makes no sense why they don't sell it at Schnucks. Put it in the Schnucks. So Change that so that water. is Jacob's rant. My rant was about feminism. His rant was about cereal. And I would just like to say hashtag privilege. Just putting it out there. White male. Not white male. We have different rants. We have different things that occupy our thoughts and our time. Well, that's that's all I'm, I'm pointing I really out. Want, it's really good cereal. And they don't sell it there. <laughs> and, like, I need my rice checks. Don't talk to me before I find my rice You're squares. You're spoiled bread is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
So now Ross and Joey are having a, a frantic conversation because Joey does not understand Ross in the same way I don't think that Jason understands other humans who have social anxiety. Like, who if there's that? a woman that you like, you ask her out or you make a move or you move on with your life. You don't just hang out and wait for something to happen. What is your philosophy on this, Jason? Do you just make the move? Do you do you do you, do you sit in the dreaded, apparently miserable friend zone indefinitely the and hope that they fall in love? Friend zone. Uh, well, I would I would certainly say something. You would be like, I'm attracted to you. Something. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I like you, and I like you more all the time. Let's go on a date. What do you say, me and you? And That's... if she says yes, great. And if not, I murder her. No, no. <laughs> then, then that's okay. Then that's okay. okay. But see, here, here's here's the, here's the important difference between me and everybody else is if she says no, uh, I don't want to go on a date with you. I don't like you that way. Like okay, well then we can just be friends, and I can do that without resentment. Yeah. Without yeah, yeah. without expecting something back from her. That's I think where the toxicity comes from. It really is yeah. because there is a sense that if, if Rachel refuses Ross, then that's it. There's no more anything, and it's always going to be awful. And I think that was a lot of pressure to put on both boys and girls. And I think that's a that's a, that's a crappy thing because yeah, if you're going to go after somebody, say to a, a woman, "I like you. I want to go on a date," but but that's it. If you say no. Then did you like her in the first place? That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or was it just an opportunity for the thing that she could provide for you, which is nothing to do with her personally? It, it, right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So boo Ross. Boo. Yeah. Boo Ross. Uh, yes. And, and boo on Ross for being a little pussy. <laughs> okay. Speaking of toxicity, here we go. So the other th- the- the other thing that I wanted to say earlier is that I hate Ross so much <laughs> in this episode. Oh, I'm glad that you at least said in this episode. I'm like, oh my god, I had no well, idea. I, I also hate him in other episodes, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, got hot I, 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 The law, family. I did find plenty of reason to me. dislike Ross in this episode specifically. Yeah. Okay, men, stop. Give the woman the floor. No. Continue. I'm agreeing with her is all. Okay, what, um... Oh, jeez. You don't like Ross. Okay, so you hate Ross so much in this episode. Yeah, I do. I hate the way that, um, the way that he talks to that guy that, uh, Rachel the, brings in. The Italian guy? Yeah. Yes, I have that in my notes. Wow. Yes, we're gonna get to that, but yes, I am absolutely... Now, I don't want to, like, spoil it, but that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Now, I, um, I do have to say something. Okay. When they're out on the balcony, and Ross is finding the courage to ask her... Do they have a clear view of ugly naked guy? <laughs> I was wondering that yeah. too. Can they just see him? Is he just he, there? I thought that Ross was going to make a comment about ugly naked guys. Yeah, like right they, can, they can see him from the window. So when they're out there, they do they always just see him in the background? Like that killed the mood. Or maybe it would enhance the mood. We don't really know what's going on out there right before. Um, so I've got like number seven, scene seven. The back in the apartment, Phoebe is singing. And she's just trying... Her very best to uh, make a song. She makes up a cute little song, song. Yeah. but it's not bad. Yes, and she, and I'm, I'm getting excited, Emily, as you know, for all the things that are going to happen. Yeah. And I keep seeing little things. That they're really starting to get into it. Things are going to happen. This is very exciting. But now Ross is finally going to go out start Rachel. He's going to do, do it. it. So Monica is going to go out to the uh, the thing. Joey stops her. He lies. He says, oh, no, they're out there planning your birthday party. Classic sitcom thing. Classic sitcom and then Phoebe's like, 
I'm the last to know everything. And so this is, she was about to go on a whole rant. I made a list of two things. One, the thing, the first thing that Phoebe was the last to know is that Chandler got bit by a peacock at the zoo. Which is great. (laughs) I just want to unpack this just for a moment. Just for a moment. So there was some situation in which they all went to the zoo together, first of all. Apparently not Phoebe. Not Phoebe. Apparently Phoebe wasn't there. But who? If I was going to go to the zoo and that group of friends and Phoebe couldn't go, we are going on a different day. Yeah, hang on, hang on. Yeah, hang on. We're not. I'm, I'm just going to reschedule until. Yeah, until so she's available. Because the delight that I would have watching Phoebe see animals would be overwhelming. She would be a joy to go to the zoo with. Absolutely. And then what happened? What happened? The Chandler got bit by a peacock. Well, I actually do have a story about being bit by a peacock. Have um, you been bitten by a peacock? No. Oh. But I've gotten close. Oh, lay it on me. I'm totally here so, for the story. One time when I was like four or five, I was with my dad and we went to the zoo. We went to the zoo and there was just peacocks walking around. They were all over the place. Oh. <laughs> all over the place. How many were there? <laughs> like oh 20 God. peacocks? Yeah, just throughout the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> For the St. Louis Zoo, that's not very many. That's like one they on do like every walk, third corner. They do walk rampant. You're right. They are all continuous. Yeah, so yes. I, we had stopped to get some food. Um, and I was eating my hot dog. And this peacock comes up to me. And it wants a hot dog. They are, they are notorious <laughs> beggars. It, it was it was like it was like it was moving his head. You know the look. You know the look. It was like it was like what you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, what you got? And I was like, you want this? And he was like, yeah. And he went to it, and I was like, no, you cannot have this hot dog. And moved it away. And I knew he was getting angry. Why would you enrage a peacock? <laughs> it's like messing with Sasquatch. Like you shouldn't do that. Maybe that's what Chandler did. Maybe you think maybe this was the situation that Chandler just took it too far? He 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 effed around and he found out. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I wish there was more of that story. But also, she was the last of that Monica had a crush on Joey. And then Joey's like, I didn't know that. She goes, well, second to last. It was always about uh, arms, the arms. And Joey enjoys that. And I don't think that he's tantalized by it. In fact, having, I've read the Friends book. The I will Friends just, Bible? I, it's, it's, a, the, it's an in-depth piece. Bible. It's an in-depth piece of investigative journalism about the, about how all this was, was made. And what was interesting is, so in the very first or second episode, there's this really creepy moment where they're playing Twister and Joey makes a comment about Phoebe. Which made Jacob and I both very uncomfortable, as it should have been. And apparently the actor who plays Joey went to the producers and writers and said, listen, that can't happen anymore. Joey sees these girls like his sisters. These are the only women in New York Joey's not going to hit on. These are the women he's not going to sexualize. In fact, this is going to be a really good representation to young men that they that you, that you care for women, that there are women that you definitely care for. Of course, you should care for all women. Yeah, all of the women. But in this case, you can see like he's not saying, "Oh, I've got a I've got a chance with Monica." He's saying that's so funny. It would be like if one of my guy friends, who I think of as a brother, I found a huge type of crush on me, like, "Oh my god, oh, do I look beautiful over here? Do I look beautiful over there?" Like it's not an opportunity for him to mac. It's like it's a funny thing he can tease her about and give her a hard time about because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I can identify with that. And I thought that was cute. There's definitely so Oh, like with Tom and Dax Shepard. Yes, our friend Tom, so very quickly, our friend, our very good friend Tom, we were talking to him one night about homosexuality, and he is... As you do. 
He is one of our, our, our very good friends, and he's also more conservative, but he's incredibly... He's like family, really. But he's like family. He's incredibly open-minded, incredibly introspective, and he was... Handsome, tra- too. Very comely. <laughs> Any ladies out there who are interested, we have a silver fox for you. Yeah, but he was saying, oh, I, so he goes, I think I understand. So if I saw, like, a very, like, as a straight man, if I see a very, very attractive man, like a very attractive man, like, incredibly hot, like Dax Shepard... Hit that. And it, I was like, whatever point you're making, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What now? Dax Shepard? Isn't that the guy married to to Veronica Mars? What? And I'm like, you know, and I actually pulled up a picture on my phone. Is this like, is this who me? He goes, yeah, it's a very attractive man like Dax Shepard. I was like, well, because usually you think of like Tom Ryan Cruise, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan like, Reynolds is great. Yes, Ryan attra- Reynolds is pretty handsome. All men are attracted to Ryan Reynolds. Yes, but like the Dax Shepard, and as and if Dax Shepard is listening, and if, of course he is, as he is. Everybody listening. Hey Dax. Hey, hey Dax. Dax. Hit us up. Hey, da- out. hey Dax. Hey. Play some video games sometimes. No shade to you. You are an attractive man, but you are not somebody I would refer yeah. to as the most attractive man. So that was a tangent. We're back now. And, and really, Bruce Campbell, since I know you're listening. It's you, buddy. It's you. <laughs> that would have made more sense. 100% you. Hail to the king. Hail to the king. Huge fan. Huge fan. Long time uh, listener. First time caller. Excuse me. I'll be like, I don't matter. Excuse me, actor that played Ted Lasso. It's you. It's Jason Sudeikis, and that's not yeah. a bad call. Yeah. Ted Lasso. He also played um, Schmitty on a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Huh. Fun uh, fact, no one tells. Yes. Oh, and he was he was in uh, characters. Ted he dated Lasso. Liz Lemon in uh, Thirty Rock. <gasps> he was. He was, he was flower guy. He was flower guy. Was, oh my god! Yep, I watched moved that to... recently. I watched that last week. <laughs> 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 that mustache really changes things. Yeah. Emily, identify with me on this. Isn't it amazing that men could change their face and identity by just stopping? grooming like if you just like jason has a beard and a mustache i've seen jason without a beard and a mustache jason is a different person yeah yeah, behaves differently has different mannerisms i we can't do that even with a haircut even if i got like a crazy 80s perm it would not change my identity as much as a beard and a mustache beard and or do you agree excuse me um i'm I'm gonna just take a second because my the cat it's in the laundry basket and being very cute and sleeping, and I gotta go look at it for a second. This is actually a very smooth transition because we are about to go into a cat territory yeah. in this episode. Uh, this gets oh, this gets very cat heavy. So he's gonna go for it. He's out in the balcony. He's talking to Rachel. He's saying, "Here's a question," and she starts going, "Oh my goodness, look at that little guy!" And he's like, "Oh yeah, look at me." Oh, <laughs> like, imagine asking a girl out. She's like, "Oh." Conveniently placed over your right shoulder. So she's, I just wrote, she sees a cat. That's the whole joke. And then we uh, we go into the apartment, and there is the gang, and they're singing no, a song. Uh, I missed the last part of that. Oh, go ahead. Um, when it jumps on him and he screams. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Well, he starts screaming, and then we cut to inside the apartment. Yes, Emily. I love this part because I... <laughs> scenes so, so a lot of my favorite scenes in the show are the scenes where like the friends are just genuinely having a good time together yeah. <laughs> yes. it's so nice to see them just like singing together i agree with that so much you just want to see them having fun yeah and they're singing like the best song they're singing 
I'm on top of the world looking down on creation. Come on, you know the words. I and the only explanation I can find. I don't, I don't know the words. <laughs> I have no patience with any of you. So I was having a really good time singing along with it. And I thought maybe we'd all have a nice sing along. But that's okay. But I while they along. are singing, there's this great physical comedy going on in the background with Ross running back and forth with a very alive, very real cat attacking that him was for not real. Very alive, very real cat. That was a stuffed animal. Yeah. And they overhammed it. They it, they took it too long. They took it too far. I feel like Jason's going to take your job, Jacob, because he is hate watching this hard. It was it was almost funny at first, but then it was just it got it was too much. It ran for too long. Ugh, it's just like okay, stop, please, please. <laughs> cut to commercial. It's time to cut to commercial. <laughs> Well, I have to say that this was actually really interesting to me because I have a fear, or rather, okay, so I have a fear currently of birds. Birds don't exist, so don't worry about it. Yeah, birds aren't real. That actually helps me calm down. But I used to have a very similar fear of cats for a very long time. I couldn't I didn't be. Know that. I guess it's something a lot of people don't know. It's because when I was about seven or eight, I was sitting at this farmhouse visiting my parents' friends, and I had a cat on my lap, and a dog walked into the room. The cat freaked out and climbed up the side of my face. Oh, nice. Very much like the cat oh. is supposedly doing to Ross, and it, it, it gripped my face with its claws, ripped me up, and after that, it was like, oh, I was like, oh, this cat is so sweet, and suddenly it was a monster, so I thought any cat could suddenly become a monster. Any cat like, can. That, and so I couldn't be in a house with a cat. If, like, someone had a cat, I couldn't go over it. Now I own two cats. So I got over it eventually. But this actually really reminded me. What was very strange is that after this, I went to school the next day, and it was picture week. There actually, there are school pictures I can show you guys of me with these... these, Cat scars. These cat scars on my face. And they sent me to the nurse's office as soon as I got to school. And and they're like, what happened to your face? I said. And then the teachers started talking to each other. Uh, so they said, oh, uh, she says it's a cat scratch, but it doesn't look like any cat scratch I've ever seen. And they thought, like, maybe I was being abused. Oh, my God. But here's uh, the weird thing. Nothing ever happened. So if I had been, it was useless. As a result, I was just very anxious. Okay, we're running out of time, so we have to, we have to, we have to okay. move quickly. We only have an hour? We, we only have an hour for the podcast. Ah! We, I know, we have 15 minutes. Why didn't you tell us? Well, I'm telling you now. Ah! Okay. Um, oh, so... Uh, we're going to skip ahead a little bit. At a certain point, so then they've lost the cat in the building, and they're running around the building, these two young women with a candle, looking for the cat. And this is where I want to introduce a new segment to the show. And it's called Naive or Fictional. And which is where we have to decide, is this because, is it because the characters are naive or is it because they are written fictionally like you would never in a million years in the 1990s go knocking door to door to find out who a stray cat you found belonged to is this because these women are naive and young or is it because they are fictional characters living in a fictional world fictional so yeah. they can find oh, yeah. Pablo I would like to point out that the first place that they stopped the guy that opened the door said that the cat's name was Bob Buttons <laughs> which is such an amazing name that actor was the guy who owned who played the junkyard owner in Breaking yes! Bad? Yes, <gasps> yes, it is playing virtually the same character. Like I think that maybe he exists in both universes. Might be the same universe entirely. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic! I didn't know that. Yes. 
So now the Breaking Bad universe is part of the Friends universe. Oh, we have to keep that uh, alive. Uh, Breaking Bad is a bigger universe than Friends. <laughs> and the second naive or fictional moment I have is when Chandler spits out his gum by accident <laughs> and then tries to put gum back in his mouth. I, I would do shocked. that. I was shocked and horrified by that scene. <laughs> horrified. <laughs> oh my god. I have, I have a confession to make. Yes. I, I have done that before. Well, not in New York City in a freaking <laughs> ATM vestibule. <laughs> so Rachel meets Paolo during this time. Paolo. And she's really into him. Everyone else is really into him. And as we were saying, like, Ross is weird with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, honest or shady? Is he like, we're not together yet. I want to get together with her. You're kind of creating a cockblock. Please back off. I thought that was so awful. That I was thought inappropriate. That was, that was inappropriate. That was crossing if, a boundary in a big way. I didn't like that. If he didn't have the nerve to, to step up and ask her mm-hmm. when he had the opportunity, yep. and someone else comes along, too bad. Yeah. yeah too bad. Speak louder, That's speak the brace, quicker. Right? You know what? I, I've, I've been there when I was a younger man, a teenager, 20-something, and that it sucks, but them's was the yeah, brace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you don't have the courage, to, to make your feelings known and someone else will. Okay, so we're at the very end. The candle burns out and then they all are starting to practice their evil laughs. So I thought in the last couple minutes we have, we could do that. <laughs> okay, so, so Jacob, go ahead. No, I only go first. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I is that Is that your evil laugh? It, it can't yeah. be. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my witch laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, this is this is my evil laugh. <laughs> it's creepy because it sounds like childlike. <laughs> you heard that coming out of the night at you, like I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that would really make you nervous. If I had a child and it made that sound, I would I would sit up for adoption. I would get away from me. Hello, father. <laughs> Do I live in Victorian England? Yes, daddy. <laughs> okay. Your turn. It sounds Klingon. It's like a Klingon evil laugh. It sounds like some weird language. (laughs) Okay, Jason, I feel like this is where you shine. Oh, yeah, big finale. Evil laugh. Hang on, give me a second. You're looking at your phone. He's not not looking at his phone. Actually, I know exactly what he's doing. I feel like I know exactly what he's doing. Actually, I'm going to write it down. I did want to... Uh... I'm going to writing down what I believe Jason is doing on his phone. And let's see if I am right. I'm going to show it to Emily. Don't say it out loud. Okay. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Okay, hold on. Slow clap. Yes, I think we have a winner, guys. That was amazing. Yeah, Emily, that was really good. Okay, so Emily, what what did I have written down? Lightning sound effect. (laughs) That's what I wrote down. Lightning sound effect. Um, That was what happened. Wow, that... Yeah, oh, so that's having, pretty like, much... Whip, I'm having whiplash. That's you pretty much the end of the episode. We have 10 minutes left, so I, I'm sorry. We kind of raced to the ending because we don't know how to edit. So we ha- we could we could actually record various segments. 
put them in different orders, add sound effects, put in different narratives. But we're not going to do. We're not that smart. We're not good at capable. things. No, we really just want to like just throw this um, up. Yes, Jacob, please. I do want to. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> well. All right. Okay. Well, this was a great time. Okay. Okay. So, Jacob, how many laughs did we end up having for you? Uh, round three, four. I think. I think well, let me. I'm just looking back at my notes because I do a tally. I think we had one and a half. Yeah, we had one and a half. Uh, Jason, no laughs at still all. Still the negatives. Still the negatives. And I, I laughed out loud. I laughed for most of I it. Laughed yeah, we, we really like it. I laughed at most of the jokes. I don't think Friends ages very well. Okay. <laughs> well, we hope to have one or both of you um, back on the Ledger Date. This is really fun having four people. So, until next time, everybody... Keep it, Phoebe. No, we gotta do it again. Okay, okay. Everybody, everybody now. Everybody now. One, two, Two, three. three. Keep Keep it, Phoebe. Phoebe.